Hello and welcome back to another episode. This is the Bolton E-Bikes podcast. I am your host, Kyle Chittock, the owner of Bolton E-Bikes. And last week, I went to the Sea Otter Classic, the biggest bike show I think there is on the West Coast now. And I got to see not all the e-bike companies that are out there, because not everybody, of course, attends events like that, but a lot of e-bike companies that normally we just get to see online. I was able to see the bikes in person, and I got a lot of great interviews about different bike models, brands, products, and I'm going to give you an inside look at everything that I saw at the show that piqued my interest. There's a lot to cover, but this is going to be a good one. Now, if you haven't checked out any of these interviews on YouTube yet, make sure to do that. I've already released a couple of them. There'll be another one coming out probably the day this podcast episode comes out. Our regular Thursday videos, of course, I've been releasing more of those. But I got a decent number of interviews right at the show. And I'm not going to go into too much detail on some of these companies for both time's sake in this episode, and also because I am talking to some of these companies about having the founders or owners or, or somebody within their marketing team on the podcast in the future. Don't be surprised if you hear some of these names again, because we have some of those either scheduled or tentatively scheduled over the next several weeks. And I think we're going to get to learn even more about these companies. What are they doing that's exciting for the e-bike industry? So let's jump right into it. First off, the show is big. I went for a single day and time is very limited in one day. We were able to see, I think, everything that was at the show to actually stop and talk with everyone as long as I would have liked. We probably needed a couple of days, but we were tight on time. We flew down there, took a couple of the guys from the shop with me. We checked everything out as quickly as we could. And I think it was, uh, it was a good turnout. There was a lot of people there, even though we were there on the opening day, uh, which was a Thursday, and they typically get busier and busier. And Saturday, you know, the weekend days are when it's just packed. Uh, but I thought it looked like a good turnout for a nice outdoor event. So we saw the big name brands, of course, from, you know, Shimano and Bosch. We saw some of these companies that are making motors for all of the name brand, quote unquote, e-bikes that are out there that are traditional bicycle companies. And I got to be honest, by the end of the show, we almost got sick and tired of looking at $8,000 e-mountain bikes because they were everywhere. That was literally the average price of an e-bike at the show, like seven, eight grand. It was crazy. Now, the first couple catch your attention and you're like, wow, that's super cool. By the time you've seen a dozen of them, it's just overwhelming. So that's an interesting space, that higher price point, lower powered bike compared to what we do now. But it was just interesting to see so many of those out there. But the first dedicated e-bike company we saw was HPC. Now, if you haven't heard of them, high powered cycles, they're out of Southern California, and that's kind of what they do powerful e-bikes. Their lower powered models are kind of like the thousand watt buffang mid-drive type bikes. And then they go make crazy things. One of their bikes on display, uh, and they've got videos online about this, you know, was a 70 mile an hour bike. So high powered bikes, 
things that they assemble here in the U.S. And I did get a short interview with them, so I'll share a little bit more about that on the YouTube channel. But that was the first dedicated e-bike company we talked to at the show. And it was good to see the bikes in person and just kind of get a feel for what the quality is like, what the build is like, and see, you know, is this a company that we would ever want to collaborate or work with or at some point in the future? So many little things you can see hands-on that you can't see in a video. So nothing bad to say about HPC other than it was a, a short visit. You'll see more about them on YouTube. Now, the second big thing that I've got on my list here that is something you're definitely going to hear more about is Cali Helmets. Now, I actually was looking for a good helmet company to work with before Sea Otter and had been kind of searching around. And they actually reached out to us, if I recall correctly. And I looked at their helmet range and honestly, it looked perfect for what I was after. What I wanted to avoid is having to, you know, stock 10 different helmet companies' helmets to get the range that all of our customers might want. Uh, and Cali, spelled K-A-L-I, has a complete line, wide range of helmets. They even go into motorcycle helmets, which of course we don't need, but maybe on some of these higher power e-bikes, that's not a bad idea. Certainly something like the HPC model, you would want that. But it was great to see the guys in person, talk to the owner of the company, had a good interview with him. Definitely going to see more from that. So keep an eye out for Cali helmets. They also do some other uh, bicycle apparel protection type items like gloves and pads and stuff which we might get into a little bit as well. But the helmets is the big one that I'm excited about there. Really wide range mountain biking helmets, full face helmets, city helmets. Uh, they even have an e-bike certified helmet in Europe because such a thing doesn't really exist in the US yet. So cool stuff, you're gonna see more. Now back to another e-bike company. Another great interview I had on camera. I think we're definitely gonna have this guy back on the podcast. Bamboo Bicycles. Yes, you heard that right. Bamboo bicycles, handmade bamboo frames, and yes, e-bikes are included in that. That was, although maybe not one of the most popular selling items you would find, I think that was one of the coolest things because here's these handmade frames in Africa. Basically, yes, I learned about the bikes, but this guy was so excited. We're going to have him back, I'm sure. Uh, he was so excited about what the bikes are doing which is supporting the people that are building them in Africa. So that was a super cool story to hear, you know, how this small company making bamboo bikes is supporting families over in another country. And the prices on the bikes were not bad. They were actually very reasonable price ranges. So I thought those were very interesting. And I wanted to capture all those on camera. You're going to see more about that. Fantic. That is an Italian e-bike company. A lot of super interesting Italian-made components. They have their own machined brakes that just look amazing. You really are going to have to check out the YouTube interview on this one because I just can't explain the quality in appearance, at least not having ridden the bike, but they look like they will work extremely well of these brakes. Now, they come from a motorcycle background, so they kind of have their own unique perspective on how brakes should be coming from the motorcycle industry and applying it to e-bikes. They've got some cool things like stainless steel braided lines, so you don't have any squish or flex from the lines you normally use on e-bike or bicycle brake lines. 
That's going to give you better braking performance. Just little touches that honestly make the bikes really expensive, but they look amazing. So that company was called Fantic. Again, another one I've got on YouTube and interview coming, and you're going to have to just check it out to see the quality of the machining on those brakes. That was my favorite part. The rest of the bikes were really good looking as well. Uh, their step-through bike, like a trellis-type design frame, just beautiful bikes, but you got to pay a lot <laughs> to get a bike that looks like that. But they're also functional too. So it's not like you're paying for something that you couldn't go bomb down a mountain bike trail with or reliably ride around on the street. You can, but you're going to pay a lot for the build quality that they have. So that was pretty cool. Now, Flyer was another one we came across. It's a Swiss brand. And it was funny. We walk up to the booth. We see this really nice looking full suspension mountain bike. And, uh, you know, we ask a little bit about the company. And they're like, oh, we're brand new to the U.S. We're like, okay, brand new. You know, how long have you been here? And they're like, oh, like, like right now. You know, this was Thursday morning, first day of the show. That was literally their first debut to the U.S. market was at that show that morning. So we were one of the first people in the U.S. to be able to see those bikes. I love the name Flyer, very appropriate, of course. And it was fitting that we uh, talked with them for a little while because they don't make traditional bicycles. They only make e-bikes, which you obviously have companies that do only e-bikes, but that's not the norm, especially in that price range. Let me tell you, these bikes were not cheap. The mountain bike was full carbon frame, full carbon swing arm, wireless shifting, wireless seat dropper, basically had the highest end components you can get for everything on the bike with a price over $10,000. I think the ones they had at the show were about $10.99. Basically, you're looking at $11,000. Very high-end mountain bikes. Looked amazing. Obviously, not everybody's going to want to drop that much on that sort of bike. Now, they do have lower spec bikes, but they were still starting around the $7,000 price range. And interestingly enough, they had some step-throughs and folding bikes. So we checked those out as well. Still getting up there in price. Uh, I think they were starting around the four $5,000 range. So precision, very high-quality Swiss electric bikes. Very interesting. Probably the most interesting bike I saw in their booth, and I don't think I saw anyone else at the show who had this, was a tandem electric bike. Now again, similar price range to their other bikes, uh, nine, $10,000 range, but these tandems were awesome. The higher end model comes standard with dual batteries. It is a full belt drive system and is using a 14-speed roll-off rear hub. So these are really high-quality components, but you pay a lot to get those. Uh, and then their lower-spec version, basically you lose the roll-off and you go with a chain drive and a, and a more standard derailleur system. But again, not very many people with tandem e-bikes. They were the only one at the show that I saw. And although I've seen some e-bike companies offer tandems, it doesn't seem like they regularly actually make them. So very limited market, but Swiss company Flyer had them. So I'll definitely be keeping an eye on those just to see what they do. You know, are people going to start buying $10,000 e-bikes? You know, obviously they are to some degree now. Is that going to become more normal in the future? Has e-bikes become more popular? I don't know. 
Now, another video I've already released was about the Christini all-wheel drive bikes. And I feel like that video on YouTube is doing fairly well. There's a lot of people who find it interesting. And then you have a lot of people that are very skeptical. I even had some people email me. One of them even wasn't very nice about it. You know who you are if you listen to the podcast. And basically was like, oh, this thing's just going to break. Now, this is an all-wheel drive bike, either a pedal bike or a mid-drive motor. So think about that. All-wheel drive bike with a mid-drive motor. And you might be thinking, well, okay, rear wheel, I can figure out how to get the power to the wheel. You use a chain, you use a belt, all standard bicycle stuff. How do you get power from a mid-drive to the front wheel? Well, Christine, if you know the name, they've already been doing this for a long time, about 20 years now. They have an all-wheel drive motorcycle that's sold to the military. They have uh, bicycles and now e-bikes that they've been building for quite a few years. They really have been around for quite some time. And although it looks complicated or sounds complicated, they have a drive shaft that effectively goes from the rear hub through the frame, down the fork, and into the front hub. It's really not. The parts are actually very simple. And I understand, having seen it in person, that this is something that sounds complicated, but in practice probably is very reliable. He mentioned there at the show that they've got e-bike guys with already several thousand miles on their bikes with no issues whatsoever. Uh, And having seen it, I can believe that. It makes sense. So if you're looking for something totally unique, they advertise it more as a traction control front drive than a complete all-wheel drive. You do have a switch, which mechanically disconnects or connects the front wheel drive. So you can have just a rear wheel drive bike, or you can turn on the front wheel when you want it, but effectively has it designed so that you're just basically pushing yourself with the rear wheel at all times, even in the all wheel drive mode, unless that rear tire starts to lose traction. And then that front tire starts to pick up and pull you through. So uh, it doesn't work quite the way you might think. And it is actually really cool Looks great for tough off-road conditions, and I think we're going to have him on a podcast just so we can talk more about that. It was very cool to see it in person. I've seen them around online for years. They're on the East Coast. We're on the West Coast, so that's the first time I've seen the Christini bikes in person. Now, of course, you guys already know all about the handlebar jack, which is a small little tripod that you keep in your tool bag, and you put on your handlebars. So when you flip your bike over, if you need to fix a flat or something, uh, you don't scuff up your display and your controls and everything on the bars on your bike. Simple little device, makes total sense for e-bikes especially, and of course we've been stocking them uh, and carrying them for quite some time now. Now Andy, the owner of the Handlebar Jack Company, the inventor, we've had him on the podcast, we've done YouTube videos before, but this is the first time I actually got to meet him face-to-face in person. And he also showed me two new products that he's coming out with soon that I can't tell you about yet, but they are in line with the Handlebar Jack brand and idea. So just stay tuned. There's more coming from him. If you already have those Handlebar Jacks, these are probably things you're going to want. Now, one of my goals at the show was to find a good bike rack. This is a common question. Do you have recommendations on a good bike rack? And I've wanted to make a video on this for a long time. Uh, I went to go buy a bunch of different brands of bike racks and, well, what do you know? A lot of them are out of stock. (laughs) So I have, over the last several months, been collecting bike racks so I can one day do a video comparing a bunch of different brands. Now, I'm 
don't have all of them yet. There's one that I pre-ordered that I definitely want to have before I do that video. Now I thought, all right, we're going to a bike show. We're going to find bike racks for e-bikes here. And I was a little disappointed. I'll be honest. I looked at some of the name brands that are out there, Yakima. Talked to the sales guy for two minutes. You know, he's like, oh, this is great. You know, it has this much weight capacity. It can handle e-bikes. And then he tells me that the capacity per bike on the rack they had in their booth was 60 pounds. Well, there's a lot of e-bikes over 60 pounds. I mean, that can handle some e-bikes, some e-bikes without batteries, but it won't handle all of them. And, and I was rather disappointed to see that the rack companies uh, are still struggling, I think, to some degree to handle e-bikes. So that was a little bit of a disappointment. Kuat is another popular brand. They didn't have all the official specs, but they did have a brand new rack that's coming out uh, early next year. $1,389. Yeah, you heard that right. A bicycle rack that's $1,389. But I'll tell you, it was really nice. It had integrated taillights, so you're not blocking the taillights on your car. So you can plug that in like you would trailer lights. The locking mechanism was kind of similar to a one-up rack, but possibly even better. It was super cool. Had a lot of unique features that I haven't seen on any other bike rack but you're paying almost the price of an e-bike to buy one. So it's a cool thing to show and see how well is it going to sell, I don't know. We'll find out. That's a lot to pay when one of the bike racks sitting next to me waiting to be in that video. Now, I don't know how well it's going to do, but one of the bike racks I paid that is rated for e-bikes, I paid less than 200 bucks for it, and you can buy it online. So we'll see what happens. But I definitely checked out the Kuat racks. They had some some potential there with some of their models. One Up was there. One Up racks made in the USA, aluminum, really nice. I got one of those here used from somebody just by coincidence. So I'm grateful that that just happened to work out. So I have a One Up rack that I can use for a video review. They're not allowing or doing any sort of dealer arrangements, so it's not something we can stock and carry, unfortunately. I would just have to tell you to go to One Up and buy one. Now, I do have another rack that I purchased, pre-ordered, rather, from a company that came from 1UP, sort of. The designer, the guy who designed the 1UP rack, actually went and formed a new company under a different name and says it's better than the 1UP rack, which you would think he would know if he designed the 1UP. So that wasn't at the show, but I did pre-order one of those, so that's something I'll include in that video. Now, other bikes of interest. There were some interesting brands I saw there. Haro was probably one of the more reasonably priced brands. And when I say reasonably priced, I'm talking about brands that are using Shimano mid-drive motors, which were everywhere at the show. They had at least some bikes under $5,000 and a fair amount over. Cool looking bikes. I wrote that one down as a potential mountain bike to take a look at, uh, you know, and consider for Bolton e-bikes at some point in the future, maybe a brand to work with. Now, because it was a Shimano motor, and that was the most affordable bike, I think was $4,800. That was literally the most affordable bike I saw with a Shimano mid-drive motor on a full suspension mountain bike. Uh, it was $4,800, which seems crazy because we sold our Raptor with more power, more battery for less money than that. But that's besides the point. I talked to a friend of mine who is the Northwestern Territory rep for Shimano the other day, and I said, hey, I was at the show. I saw all these bikes. What is, in your opinion, the best affordable but good quality Shimano-powered mountain bike right now on the market? You're the Shimano guy. What's the best brand? And he gave me a different brand that wasn't at the show at all. 
So that's one I got to look into as well. (laughs) I won't spoil that because I don't know where that's going to go either. But it's interesting how the conversation from this show brought up a lot of other contacts and brands and things that maybe we would have not even thought about. Now, Diamondback was there. They actually had some good bikes with Bosch motors. Uh, I really liked what Diamondback had. They had a very nice looking gravel bike. For those that know what that is, you know what it is. I'll definitely look into that. I've had people ask about that in the past. Imagine a road bike with drop bars with skinny tires that have tread on them so you go off-road. I know it sounds a little weird, but it's actually a very popular thing. They are a ton of fun. Now, if you probably didn't know, but Diamondback and companies like iZip, which are known for their electric bikes, same parent company, just different brands they sell under. So we got to see some of the iZip bikes there as well. The sales guy for Diamondback iZip was really trying to sell me on this particular bike, telling me this is one of their most popular models. It had skinny tires, it had a battery mounted on a rear rack, and a 250-watt hub motor, and I wasn't very impressed. He was like, no, this is our best-selling bike, but it just didn't make sense to me. (laughs) Why would... Why only 250 watts? I don't know. Didn't make any sense. But there were some other bikes that were like, well, I like this one that has a little more power. This looks good. But, you know, you got to keep in mind, Bosch, they really only peak at like 500 watts. But they do have good torque. So I think that's something where I have to really do some side-by-side comparison type videos and show people, yeah, this motor might only be rated at 50 watts, but see how it climbs next to this other brand of e-bike that claims to be 750 watts in their hub motor. There's something that you can only see from a test ride and doing side by side. That might be something still that we consider, even though 350 watts doesn't sound like much in the right format, in the right bike, with the right gearing, it might be right. It also might not be, (laughs) in which case we'll never sell anything like that. But Diamondback, I think they had some good quality e-bikes. I'll definitely be watching them. Aventon was there with their bikes. I was able to uh, talk to them with some specific things I've heard about their company lately with service and what are they doing. It was all good feedback. And uh, basically, they've, they've brought more people uh, on to handle customer service and get back to people quicker. They're really seems like working hard to try and grow that company. I see their ads all the time. So Eventon is, uh, was on our list to talk to even before the Sea Otter Classic because I reviewed one of their bikes. Uh, And now they're still on our list as a potential bike to a company to work with. It's work in progress. We'll see what happens there. Company called BESV, probably have never heard of them. If you ask me, their e-bike looks like Bumblebee, the Transformer. That's the only way I can really describe it. Super unique, probably either going to love or hate the styling of the bike, Um, (laughs) but they were there. Uh, I got to talk to the guy a little bit about their bikes. Interesting. I don't have a whole lot to say about that because I couldn't ride the bike. And and the bikes I was most interested in didn't have at the show. But it was at least interesting, a company that we could talk to them. Uh, Stromer, higher-end e-bikes. They've been around for a little while. They were there at the show. I've never been super impressed by the styling. It's a very good, high-quality commuter-style bike. And I like commuting on and off trails, which is not Stromer's forte, if you will. But very, very cool bikes, very high quality. I have people asking about integrated GPS and and all these different kinds of things that just don't exist on most e-bikes. Well, guess what? Stromer has those kinds of things. So yeah, they're more expensive. But if you're looking for all those little details in a commuter bike, 
they actually have some surprising things on their bikes that you don't see on other brands. Now, Hurley was an interesting one I wasn't expecting, and that's Hurley like the clothing brand. So you can actually see that brand on an e-bike now. They're kind of a scrambler style. Wasn't anything too different from what I've seen before. Kind of looks similar to other e-bikes with a with a new logo and a new look. But they were there at the show. We talked to them. Uh, I didn't foresee any issues uh, with those bikes, just looking at them. Nothing against the guys at trade shows. You never know who's going to be at a trade show. They didn't know a whole lot of the technical specs, you know, what kind of motor it is, things like that. It's like, well, it's a Hurley bike. Yeah, that's great. (laughs) But they were there. Magnum was one that surprised me. Magnum e-bikes, very wide selection. Uh, Been in business for a long time, a lot of years. They've got a lot of bikes, a lot of dealers out there. That is one that I'm definitely taking a serious look at and, and talking to from here because they have bikes uh, that are more in the ballpark of the range I feel like you probably bought or might be looking at if you're listening to my podcast. Now, are they a little more expensive than Bolton e-bikes? Yeah, they are, but it gives you some options. You know, something, for example, that was very similar to our Sabre bike. Our Sabre is a fat tire, step-through, mid-drive powered bike. You know, they had something that was very, very similar styling, but a rear hub motor for like a hundred, couple hundred bucks less. So dollar for dollar, the Sabre is a better deal power-wise and for everything you get, but obviously we're completely sold out. <laughs> so that was something I took a close look at. Okay, maybe this can can give our customers some other options. Another thing, again, just to consider people to talk to. Uh, Super 73 was there. So it was good to see the bikes uh, up close a little bit. Uh, they're not setting up any new dealers right now because like everybody, they have inventory issues. And they don't have enough bikes to meet demand. But sometime next year, they will be doing that. Uh, and that's, again, another company that we might take a look at and bring on some Super 73 bikes. I did email them and say, well, I know you can't take on dealers and I couldn't sell the bikes if I wanted to. But do you have any review bikes? We'll see how that conversation goes. We'll see if I hear anything back. Now, when it gets away from bike companies, I know I've talked a lot about e-bike companies that I saw there. I saw a company that makes brake components I was very impressed with. They have some rotors that were massive that I really, really want to try out. So I'm not going to spoil that until I actually get some in my hands and am able to try them. More than one company had e-bike specific brake pads. So that's kind of an exciting development that brake pads are being developed specifically for the speeds and weight of e-bikes. That to me is good news. So again, more than one company was doing that. Definitely something I'm going to try and get my hands on and do a little testing on. Uh, Sun Tour was there. Sun Tour makes uh, suspension forks, not fat bike forks. I even asked the guy there. I said, you going to make any fat bike forks anytime soon? And he had the disappointed look of no. He's like, I bug the upper management about that every once in a while. He said he has a fat bike, but no immediate plans for a suspension fat bike fork yet. But they did have some rear shocks. So we've got a full suspension bike uh, that I've had a few people ask, hey, are there any upgrades for suspension? Can we get more trail performance out of these? And that's something I am looking at as well. Uh, And the last one, I guess, on my list, and there was a lot more at the show, but for sake of time, I'm going to cover kind of the top group of things that I saw that excited me. The last one would be another helmet company. Now, Cali Helmets has the variety 
of styles of helmets. They've got the bucket style, the city commuter helmets, the standard mountain bike helmets. Uh, Again, even the full face helmets, if you want to go faster speeds, they have a really good range that I was impressed with. And then also the other protective items like the, the gloves and pads that can make a lot of sense too. But the other company that was there with helmets that I liked was the Sena brand. I don't know if I'm saying that right, but they have Bluetooth helmets. So you can be riding, your friend can be riding, your spouse can be riding, and you can talk to each other. And I think on their standard helmets, they have up to like a half mile range or something. And there probably is some line of sight issues and things like that. You know, if you go around a corner, there's a building in the way. Obviously, it's going to reduce your range. But if you're riding together and within a reasonable distance from each other, you can talk to each other. That's something I've been looking into for a while. So to see the helmets in person was pretty cool. Uh, They look very nice. I'm definitely going to try some of those out and see how they perform. And one of the things I wasn't aware of until I really got to talk to the sales guys with some of their newer helmets with what they call a mesh technology. So if you have, say, a group of 10 riders and you all have these helmets, well, then the range can be up to five miles, I think they said, because each helmet acts as a repeater. So you could have a guy at the front be two, three, four, five miles ahead of the rest of the pack. But as long as there's multiple helmets between them, everybody can talk to everybody. So that was pretty cool. I did not know about that. Uh, The other thing is some of the newer helmets, the pairing, just the way it functions and the ease of use is much better. So I really like that. That's probably what I am going to lean towards and try and test out. But I think it'd be a ton of fun to be out on group rides and everybody can just talk to each other very easily. That seems like a great idea for multiple reasons. Just communication, fun. Safety-wise, you know, if you get a flat tire and the other guy's (laughs) ahead of you a couple hundred feet, you'd be like, oh, I got a flat, I got to stop. They can turn around. There's so many things that could be useful for, so I definitely want to check that out. So that, to me, is the Sea Otter Classic show in a nutshell. I know I didn't cover everything. If you look on their maps, their vendor list, maybe even some of the videos I put out, you might see some other little things here and there. But those are the ones that intrigued me the most, and I'm going to continue to either keep an eye on or even start ordering parts, pieces, even bikes from. So great show. I highly recommend going if you're uh, anywhere on the West Coast when that comes through again next year. Thanks again for listening to another Bolton e-bikes podcast. These episodes come out every single Tuesday. We also have videos that come out every Thursday, if not more. We do a lot of bike reviews. I have at least 10 different bike reviews lined up right now. So every Friday, typically I'm doing a review, if not more. So a bunch of e-bike content you can check out. Once again, if you are new and you haven't heard it before, go to ebikepodcast.com. That's where you can sign up for our newsletter and start getting information on all of this cool stuff that's going on. Thanks again for letting me talk to you. And I hope you come back to listen next Tuesday. (laughs) 